You're, You're listening, listening to the St. John's Dumb and Creek podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Tim Julie Psalm 96 Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvellous deeds among all peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendour and majesty are before him, strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. We're in the middle of a three-week sermon series on Psalms, the ancient songs and Hebrew, Hebrew poetry of the Bible. And specifically, we're looking at praise psalms. Now, I'll admit, I find praise psalms a little bit hard to preach on. I feel they often go like this. God is good. He's so good. He's so great. Now preach. Tricky, right? But it made me think, what's your mental picture of a psalm, of a praise psalm? Personally, I have a mental picture, something like the beginning of The Sound of Music for those that have seen it. Basically, Julie Andrews is a nun skipping through, I think it's the Swiss Alps and the Swiss mountains, singing praise to God about the beauty of creation and singing and while she's skipping through the wildflowers. The hills are alive with the sound of music, she sings. And the clouds look like marshmallows and her face is radiant and beaming as she sings her heart out to God who has captured her heart. The story goes on to tell of her appointment as a nanny to a particular family and eventually she becomes their stepmom and they all escape the Nazis through those mountains. Now, praise is rising to God in a backdrop of radiant faces, blue skies, open fields and harmonious families is easy to get, isn't it? When life is as cosy as an armchair of security and love, perhaps it's easier to praise God then. Oh, it feels so good. Well, 
I was woken up uh, a little while ago and I had this sermon on my mind. And I sent to the question, what about if you put the praise psalm against a different backdrop? The story of Jackie Pullinger came to my mind. She's a woman who left her British homeland in 1966 to minister to drug addicts, to pimps, to prostitutes and to street sleepers in the walled city of Hong Kong. I recall the story of her early months and years there where after months of rejection, closed doors and threats, she came to the building she'd finally found to use as a centre. She opened the door and the people she'd been praying for and trying to love and to reach out to had smeared feces all over the wall and the furniture. I recall the story of, as a new Christian at the time, of her putting, through. I was the new Christian, but I recall this story and was fascinated by it. Because what she did was she turned the praise and worship music on and she single-handedly wiped down those walls, praising God and praying for those who had done this. When praising God is put against a backdrop like this, it becomes something quite powerful, doesn't it? For Jackie, it was a way to enter into God's presence and focus on Jesus. It was like a weapon. It helped her to keep her heart soft and keep her life close to Christ. And God inhabited her praises and God came into that mess with her, into that grossness. She was able to represent and tell of his love and forgiveness in the face of opposition and grossness. To praise God when you face challenges of any and all sorts becomes something outstanding, something confronting and quite stunning to behold. Praising God in response to his goodness and all that is going well in your life and praising God in the face of opposition and disappointments both have their place. Praise is a response to God for who he is and what he's done, but praise is also a weapon, a weapon of worship, unlocking keys to the kingdom and expanding the place of God in our own lives and those around us. Now this particular Psalm, Psalm 96, focuses on two aspects, praising to God, responding to who he is and sharing praise to God about God to those around us. Now there's a lot in it, but I wanna focus on how we praise and some benefits of it. Verse one says, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth, sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day. Giving praise to God is a daily habit. It's a lifestyle really. It's not just Sundays, it's not just when we feel like it, it's, it's daily. And this is, I believe, where the two stories I've just shared are helpful. Praise can be a backdrop and a response of thanks for all that is good, like the nuns skipping through the Swiss Alps and singing praises. But praise can also be a weapon of warfare and a key to getting through tough times as well, like Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong. Praise stirs up something in us that draws us close to God and opens up his daily provision for us. Now we're not being asked to create a new song every day, but rather we're invited to respond to his mercies that are new every day. His mercy, his goodness, his kindness towards us are always there, 
but our looking to him and praising him helps us to be aware of it and receive more of it. We praise God because he is God. Ever wondered why God asks us to praise him? The short version is he is God and we are not. There's so many Psalms telling us what God's like and what he's capable of. Yet I've sometimes wondered if God is so amazing, so all powerful, why does he need so much praise day after day? I mean, take a look at verse four with me. For great is the Lord and worthy of praise. He is to be feared, meaning wholly revered, above all other gods. The Lord himself made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. A scribe, meaning it belongs to, it connects with the Lord, all you families of the nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory and the Lord glory due his name. I mean, if I were a human and I was asking for this much acknowledgement, we'd begin to doubt, sorry, if God were a human asking for this much acknowledgement, we'd begin to doubt his confidence, right? Do we serve an insecure God? Is God narcissistic? Is he in need of constant affirmation and attention from us? And if so, why? God's ways are not human's ways. We're made in his image, not him in ours. So when he calls us to praise him day after day, to declare his salvation around the earth, it's not about God needing affirmation, but it's about the benefit it brings us. So let's switch focus a little bit and look at four of what those benefits of praise are. Number one, praise leads others to knowing God an amazing aspect of praise. Verse three says, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. Now thinking afresh of Jackie Pullinger's story, she remained and ministered in a place called Kowloon in the walled city there. It wasn't police, policed and it was one of the world's largest opium centers at the time, run by Chinese criminal triads. She started as a young woman, 22 years old, and she only had $10 in her hand. This was because a lot of the missional organisations she'd contacted said, no, we wouldn't send you there, it's too dangerous. And she decided, no, I will go. This is what God's shown me. So over the decade she has lived there, she's been determined to love and serve people in Jesus' name. And she did remain telling people of his marvellous deeds, declaring his glory in the nation. Word spread about her choice to praise God while cleaning feces from the walls, and it confused people, which opened up conversations about her God and her motive for being there, which was his love for them. Can you imagine being one of the criminals in Hong Kong at the time and thinking there's no way she'll stay after we do something like this to her and or her premises? someone you hate and you despise them, but you don't really know why. And they respond by praising their God, keeping a soft heart for you and telling them, telling you of God's love for you. Confusion, but also intrigue. Praising God leads others to know him. Declare his glory among the nations and his marvelous deeds among all people. 
And she began to see, one by one, people were set free from idols which bound them. What used to be a walled city, walled city too scary for even police to come into, became a place where the light of God began to filter in, catching on her words and reflecting on her deeds, fueled by her praise and worship, and the enemy had to begin to let go of God's treasured people there because a 22-year-old Jackie had decided to leave her comfort zone in Britain and his and chose to be his witness in the place of Hong Kong, praising God and telling others about him. The second point of why praise is a good thing and it benefits us is it demolishes the power of idols in our lives. It puts God where God needs to be in comparison to those things. Verse 4, he is to be feared above all gods, for all gods of the nations are idols. Now, while a walled city in Hong Kong sounds dark and bound, we all know of people and places that are bound up in their own nation's idols. For those in Hong Kong, it was addiction to opium and crime and prostitutes. In the days of the psalm writer, it was likely referring to the God of the Canaanites, their neighbouring tribe. Compared to God, our creator God, these gods are powerless and merely idols. Giving God glory, praising God, demolishes those idols' power in our lives. It does so because God asks us to fear him, meaning to behold him, to focus on him, to give our attention to him above any other idol which demands our attention or captures our life. What about our own society? Where idols of self-reliance and independence are placed above God-reliance and interdependence with him. Where idols of comfort in belongings and security in family and familiarity have taken a bigger place in our lives than comfort from God and security in his promises. Where idols of leisure and needing a weekend off are held higher than a weekly Sabbath and finding rest from God. Where idols of finding that perfect one to marry or having the most excellent child, you know, the list goes on. We feel we need these things to survive, but God teaches us to place him higher than any of these things. And praise will loosen the grip of these idols in our life because it places God where he's meant to be. The third thing, praise gives us God's perspective on things. I often find that when I'm asked to give a sermon on a topic, God will give me a crash course or a refresher on that topic. It's better for everyone, of course, then we then preach out a fresh revelation. But sometimes it can be quite challenging because you realise he's trying to reteach you a principle you're about to speak on. So in my life, the last few weeks have had challenges of many kinds. I won't go into the details, but it would seem that the days have been stretched to various crises. What I mean by that is right when you think you're out of energy and there's nothing more to, to give and you're a bit weary, there's not enough hours in the day someone else calls with a crisis that needs your attention, that needs your love, that you're the right person to, to help them out. Have you ever had months like that? And in the midst of these weeks, I've had Psalm 96 in mind. 
Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. I've got to admit, I didn't want to. Or more to the point, the challenges uh, that we were facing and, and the lives of people around us were pretty large and pretty emotionally challenging to stop and choose to say and engage with ascribing to God all of his glory in the midst of it all. But I knew God's truths work and also I didn't want to be a hypocrite when I'm here teaching you to praise in all circumstance. So here's the thing, praising God Worshipping in the splendour of his holiness, saying the Lord reigns in the midst of it all, brings the very perspective we need for our days to be full of God's provision for that day. Ascribing to God all glory due his name reminds us in our own challenges of who he is, and it's like a divine weapon. It recognises that our strength and provision and all that we need comes from him. And as we bring an offering of praise to God in the midst of it, this invites his power and presence into our circumstance. Jackie Pullinger used praise and worship, presumably to keep her mind on Jesus as she wiped human poo from the walls and waged war against the enemy of her soul who was waging war against her. It was in essence an offering to God to worship him at this time and it cost her something. I had the privilege to meet Jackie once or twice when I lived in Queensland, and she's a very stubborn and very strong and very godly person. She talks a lot about the cost of discipleship and the power of God when we pay that price. She was stubborn to worship Jesus in a time when the enemy would try to weary her out and make her quit and send her home. And she's seen amazing fruit of God as a result amongst the nations. What about you? What area in your life do you need to be stubborn in your praises to Jesus over? Sometimes maybe with nothing but an inner will to do so until your heart and your hands catch up with your choice. There are so many opportunities for us all at the moment, aren't there? waiting for the borders to open to see our loved ones and live out our travel dreams, waiting for the outcome of a doctor's diagnosis or living with chronic pain, waiting for that handsome future husband or beautiful future wife to walk into your life, or in my case, waiting for puppy training to begin to work. Verse 8, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name, bring an offering and come into his courts, worship the Lord in the splendour of his holiness. In doing so, you'll gain God's perspective and access his provision for that day. In doing so, those around you will probably either get confused or get hungry for what you have because God inhabits the praises of his people. Using the time in a Sunday service when the worshipper leader leads us into God's presence is wonderful and I, I give thanks to God for the amazing bands we have here. But I'd suggest if this is the only time you praise and worship God, up the bar this year. It's just a minimum. Try this year to increase the ways and the times and the methods in which you praise God. 
I guarantee by doing so, you will see changes in your walk with Jesus. Your shoulders will grow to carry the burdens that you've been walking with. You will see God begin to creep in to the words of your life and in the lives of those around you, those who have heard them. Final point, number four, praise is future focused. Verse 11 for those reading on. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Okay, now it is beginning to sound a little bit like the story I shared at the beginning of Julie Andrews running through the mountains. All the earth, all creation be glad and be jubilant and sing for joy. For he comes. Now here's the key. It's about perspective. It's about putting things right when currently they're not. Verse 13, he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people in his faithfulness. The key here is praise in praise is also, the key here is praise is also future orientated. He will come. He will judge. Our praises are sometimes by faith of what God will do, despite not yet seeing it. It allows us to praise him day by day, knowing that if something is not yet right, God's not yet done with it. What a freeing thought. If your life feels like a whirlwind has gone through it, God's not done yet. He will come. He will judge. He will make things right. If your loved ones are hurting, if a nation you care for is broken beyond what looks repairable and you hurt deeply over it, take courage, friend. He will come. He will judge. He will put things right. Praise him for what is yet to come. This positions you in a place of faith and also puts you in a place of contending for the future promises of God in the here and now. It's a powerful thing to do. What do I mean by that? Perhaps like me, you've grieved over what you've seen in the world the last few months. I've cried as I've prayed for the UK, for China, for America, for Australia. Oh, the suffering and brokenness, it's not praiseworthy. Though as I sneak ahead in the, in the Holy Bible, and as I look at the book of Revelation, it tells me how it's going to end. It tells me there will be a time when every nation will bow before his throne, worshipping Jesus. Crooked paths will be made straight. There'll be a new city. There'll be no more tears. God will bring comfort to all. So I can and I do praise God now for what is yet to come, aligning myself with God's perspective and declaring truth, which I imagine scares the enemy who is causing so much destruction on this earth right now. Jackie Pullinger was enabled to praise God in the midst of suffering because she believed that God would do what God had said he would do for the people of Hong Kong. Jesus will come. Jesus will judge. Friends, don't leave praising God till you're feeling like you're on the Swiss mountains with not a care in the world. Praising God is a divinely given weapon for us to use every day. In summary, God inhabits the praises of his people. As we praise him, he makes himself at home in those places, bringing his provision, his peace, his power and perspective. And as we praise him, it tells others about God. It's what God uses to make himself known among the earth. 
God is love. Friends, make a habit starting today to praise God. God asks us to. It will help you and it will also help others to know him. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.